And here we are with another weekly episode of The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I am Darren Long, and beside me today is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. We are here to talk about gold and silver, Jeremy. This is going to be an exciting week. And before we get going, folks, let me remind everybody that we have been in business since 2002. We have had the sole purpose of a mission of sorts, getting people into the gold and silver markets. It has been certainly for us an excellent time, an excellent decade and a half of being in these markets and understanding these markets mean you understand risk, that your individual economic independence and the insurance of your wealth are important to you, the listener. So we want to welcome you aboard. And before we get started, I will remind you, we are not your financial planners, folks. We do not advise you. We will not look at your portfolios, nor do we want to know about all the things that happen to your stocks and your stock portfolios. We are experts in gold and silver, physical and natural fancy colored diamonds. We are going to have some fun this week, Jeremy, because there's a lot to talk about. And I'm going to get started right off the top by saying... The phone number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. There is so much information there, folks. Tons of freebies. Get in there. Get the newsletter. It's for you. We do it every week, and it'll come out just once a week, and it's an opportunity for you to connect with the silver and gold markets, and there you will find also lots of information on our e-store, where to buy and take home your product if you'd like to order from the comfort of your home. Jeremy, so much more on that website. Yeah, and we have the registered accounts, whether it's RSPs, TFSAs, and for every $5,000 invested, you get one gram of gold up to five grams, which is fantastic. Who else gives you a rebate like that? Um, And so we we love to give at Guildhall, and uh, whether it's good pricing or being able to provide great service, and especially with the RSPs, we're also going to be having a seminar coming up soon as well on the 5th of May. So um, another great opportunity to learn about these markets and why it's so important to, to have physical precious metals in your portfolio, not paper, not an ETF, not a futures contract, not a pool account of some kind, but actual physical product that you can see and touch and know that it's yours, it's in your name, that has zero counterparty risk. And this is why you're going to be successful in these markets if you have the actual product in your portfolio. All right, Jeremy, to get the show started, again, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. Folks, if you're listening to this show, you're doing so because... You like the idea of owning gold and silver or you already own gold and silver or it's something that you're new to but you're open to the concept. We're going to talk about value today, Jeremy. Spend some time talking about how to get a sense of whether or not we're in the right position as far as gold and silver are concerned. Are we at a crossroads? Are the markets in the broad sense, stock markets, real estate, in a bubble of sorts ready to burst or has that bubble already burst? And we're now starting to see the front end of a breakdown, another reason to own gold and silver. We're also going to educate folks on something that we look at quite frequently and relates heavily to how the world is positioned in terms of their debt, and that is LIBOR rates. And we'll talk a little more about that in the show. And in addition to that, folks... If you like stories about headlines versus realities, and we've talked about this on the show at length, you know we do. I love talking about what the realities are behind the, especially the headlines we talk about in gold and silver, where the prostitutes talk about all kinds of wild concepts relating to gold and silver. 
If you like that, this is the show for you. We're going to spend some time talking about how people are still drinking the Kool-Aid, Jeremy, and that's unfortunate in this day and age. Again, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom Jeremy, I know you're itching to get started. So let's just dive right into it. Yeah, we're also going to talk about market psychology and should you wait for a dip in the in the market. And I think you're right, Darren. I think people are listening to the show because they want to learn about the market, why it could work for them. I think what we're seeing a lot of people coming to Guildhall is because they have concerns about the market. Um, you know, is this dip in the stock market going to continue? Um, you know, has the everything bubble burst? And that's something we're going to talk about a little later. In terms of what we're what we've been seeing in the markets over the last week, few weeks, is it, it's really been status quo in the precious metals. So while while the the markets and and the CNBCs of the world are are freaking out about uh, the Dow Jones, and they're always ready to buy more, buy more, buy more. Um, you know, we understand they're they're they have a specific argument that they're trying to keep afloat here. But while they've been very volatile, precious metals have been very steady. And we're not always going to get an instant reaction like the US dollar goes down, gold and silver go up. It's not always an instant sort of thing. It's a long-term thing. If you went back 10, 15 years in the market, you were buying gold and silver significantly lower. And that's why it's great to have them in the in in your portfolio long-term. So throughout the show, we're going to discuss why they can work in your portfolio long-term and why we believe that it's good. It's just something good to have. Um, precious metals have been around for thousands of years. They're easy to, to trust in that recent, in that sense. So we love them. We think it's a great time to purchase the metals. And at Guildhall, you can do that by acquiring the physical metal through our e-store you can hold it physically in your RSP, your TFSA, your RIF, your LIF. Um, if you have an existing account and you don't like the gains that you're seeing or you're not quite happy with the performance or you think that you might need a hedge, have the physical precious metal in your portfolio. Contact us. We'll show you how to do that through a registered account. We also have uh, allocated financing where clients have the physical product. It's allocated in Toronto, they can go to the vault and personally access their product, but they can use that as collateral to acquire additional product. Or because gold and silver are so liquid, you can and they are a tier gold is a tier one asset in this world that you can actually borrow against it. So let's say you do have gold and silver in your portfolio now and Maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I'd love to cost average or I'd love to just be able to buy some more or I've got an opportunity over here that I'd like to take advantage of. You can actually get a loan against your asset of holding gold and silver. Now, that's something you can only do if you actually own physical silver or gold for that matter. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. Jeremy just talked about that and getting there means you have opened up your mind to the notion of diversifying your portfolio, looking at alternative assets as a way to be contrarian against the grain. And this opens up the concept of looking beyond the headlines, Jeremy, and understanding that the truth is sometimes not as it appears. And in the case of gold and silver, that is usually the case. This week was an extremely volatile week on the stock market. But as far as your Wall Street typical brands are concerned, I'm sure this is the way the phone calls went. Ring, ring, ring. You pick up the phone at your broker calling and he says to you, don't worry, Mr. Smith, I know you're seeing all of this volatility. It's going to impact stocks or Mr. Smith might have called him first. Be patient. It's going to bounce back. Well, how do they know that? 
They don't, folks. It's never, ever a sure thing. There is no such thing out there. But when you start to see those big volatile swings like we did this week in the stock market, that is a huge concern for us at Guildhall because, as we've talked about for years, that stability that people find in stock markets and investing in real estate and other various traditional assets is starting to become very questionable. And that stability that everybody has put into growing their long-term wealth is also starting to break apart. And I'm not so sure that we're going to be able to spend the next four or five years developing that in terms of our portfolio. Are you going to be able to buy the stock market and see it go twice as high as it is now? If you bought a house in Toronto right now, can you expect comfortably in the next five, six years that it'll go to twice the value as it is now? Or is it more likely that it could probably come off a little bit, maybe even stay where it is in price. I think the latter is more true of that in terms of the stock market. It's not to predict that there's going to be a major blow off or that we're all going to get killed and have no money left. But when it comes to protecting yourself, folks, what we're saying is have a little certainty in the backside of your portfolio, put a little bit of your wealth into gold and silver, physical gold and silver, and maybe even a natural fancy colored diamond. But Jeremy, the question has to be asked, what are you seeing in terms of analysts talking about this being a bubble and where are we at with that? Which bubble? Exactly. I mean, the everything bubble. Let's talk about it. Okay, so the everything bubble. The everything bubble is stocks, it's real estate, it's cryptocurrencies. Has the everything bubble burst? Well, look, the stock market was at, or we're talking specifically about the Dow here, was at complete all-time highs. When you look at the the, the uh, P.E. ratios, they were ridiculous, just completely sky, sky high that no one's paying attention to. And then there's also the fact that you had all these companies getting super cheap loans, buying back their own stock, pushing the market up. You had We've talked about it at length on this show, the idea that there was really only six or seven major stocks that were pushing all of them higher. Some are in deep trouble right now, whether it's Facebook or, or being attacked by uh, President Trump in, in terms of Google, or sorry, Amazon. And so now all of a sudden the market is coming down because we're going to talk about LIBOR in a little while. But the fact is, is things can't just keep going up, 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 up. And you look at the chart in the Dow and it was ridiculous. It didn't even have a down day at one point for, for months on end. So now the, you know, look, it, it reality is set in. I think that the mainstream media is freaking out. I think if you go to YouTube or you're listening to shows like ours where you're getting a slightly different opinion, you can say, okay, yeah, maybe uh, maybe the stock market is not going to be the place. And also, let's just remember that the Fed is terrible at calling recessions. They never, and neither is, is the mainstream media. They don't recognize them or admit to them until way later. And how many times have we talked on this show, Darren, about the fact that the economy is not doing as well as the mainstream would have you believe, especially in a low interest rate environment, it's actually not helped at all. In terms of real estate, there was an article this week in Zero Hedge about New York real estate going down, um, that it's that the bubble has burst there. We're seeing the effects of it in Toronto. Absolutely. Uh, when you talk to insiders in the market, they are, um, you know, whether it's real estate lawyers or agents, uh, the 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 interventions by the government to slow down the bubble that they created by lowering interest rates it's happening you know the 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 numbers are coming down or they will slow as you mentioned i think that's probably the route we're going to go but in for example in new york people are 
they're they're putting in ridiculously low offers and waiting for the the seller to capitulate and say, okay, fine. Uh, the only way I'm going to sell this property is to lower my prices. In terms of cryptocurrencies, the wave of people buying in who don't know why they were buying in in the first place, but just on mere momentum and the mere fact that if it could get to 10,000, then it could get to 100,000. As if the Dow, if it could get to 25, could get to 50. This idea of seeing is believing is something that we hope that as listeners to the radio show, you would consider the arguments that we've discussed over the years of holding physical bullion and the proof in the pudding of gold, for instance, getting an average of 8% a year for the last 15, 17 years. And same thing in silver, volatility or not, those gains have been there long term. So we do believe that that bubble is burst, that people are going to have to look for alternatives of how to get a yield or protect the yields that they've gotten. The worst thing is seeing the stock market rise and not taking profit. Take some profit or hedge and have some physical bullion in your portfolio. And I've been sending out an article all week, Darren, that uh, from from Bloomberg, that this person on Bloomberg did a Mythbusters style investigation on is gold a really good hedge? And uh, let me tell you, the answer is absolutely 100% yes. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. You are listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, this is a opportunity, shall we say, of a lifetime. That only comes around, and the last time was in the 1970s. We see it very, very infrequently, and that is a bull market in precious metals. This one has been ongoing since 2002. It's taken silver from its lows of $3.80 all the way up to its high of $49 and then some. It's taking gold all the way from 255 an ounce up to $1,920 and then some. And both metals seemingly look very poised in terms of a value perspective uh, to be in a position to take off very soon. We've been talking about it for a while and we know that you know people listen and they expect us to give them some sense of when that is going to happen. And we are confident in saying to folks that it's not a matter of if it'll happen, it's only when it will happen. Now, we can't predict the price tomorrow any more than any other person in the world can. We do have insight on the market long term. We believe both metals will be extremely high in the next number of years and probably beat their previous highs in gold and silver. And that's exciting because it means where are we right now? Is this of value? Are our clients or the people thinking about buying gold and silver in a position to take advantage of this? Or are they thinking, you know, mentally, are they believing, well, you know, I better hold off because the price of gold might be 700 next year. We just don't know. Well, one thing we do know is that the market finally started to come down off its highs in 2013. And we saw the lows in the market reached in 2015, where silver hit a low below $14 an ounce. And we were just talking off air, Darren, of, of clients that you were calling this week who originally were interested in the market at that level, but chose to take a different path at that time. But we also saw silver, uh, gold at a low at that time again in 2015 of under $1,100 an ounce. Now, right now we're trading above $1,300 an ounce. And as well, in December of 2017, 
Gold was trading at a low $1,200 range. We were at about $1,230. And since that time, basically four months later, we're now trading at uh, over 1300 and we've been there all year. Silver's also moved up from its lows, which was, I uh, believe, in the low $15 range, and today we're in the mid $16 range. So what we see over the last few years in gold and silver is that the lows in the market are getting higher and that they're no longer getting lower. So you do see this trend change since 2015. Plus, I have to say, the margins the, the entry point to get into this market have never been lower. I remember buying gold <clears throat> in 2006, 2007, and it was costing over $80 an ounce to buy one ounce of physical gold. Today, you can buy that for $50 or less, and the price of gold has doubled. So the margins, the entry point, has, are much lower at this point because people who are buying the people who are buying right now are the savvy buyers. They're not the, they're not the momentum buyers. They're the savvy people. They're the people who are concerned about the stock market going down, concerned that the economy isn't doing that great. Weren't you saying, Darren, this week that you were talking to um, a client who um, owns a business and he was telling you exactly what his price increases have been over the last couple of years? Well, in fact, we do talk to a lot of clients like that, Jeremy. This particular individual has been buying us, buying from us over the years, bit by bit, and building up his stack. In particular, he focuses on silver, but also owns and operates a, a retail location which caters basically as a convenience store slash uh, consumer goods store, small one for you know full time people living in Muskoka, cottage country updates. It's a small general store type of uh, situation, and he was talking about packaging. And he said, you know, I've heard you talk about it from time to time on the show, but I could send you a spreadsheet to tell you what the changes have been. I said, well, tell me more about what spreadsheet you keep. And he's like, well, I have to, because I have to look at my margins in terms of profitability. And basically I keep a spreadsheet on packaging size. So he in particular pointed out a brand of chips, Shrinkflation. Which, which I shall, which shall remain nameless for the for the sake of not being 100% certain. Uh, but he named a name brand, which we all buy and eat. It's a potato chip, comes in a family size bag. And it mentioned to me that that bag as of January 1st remained at the exact same price for him to buy at his wholesale cost. Yet the size of the bag was reduced by 40 grams. So that family bag went down by 40 grams. And he said, look, I'll get you the numbers. I'll send them to you. I'm expecting them this coming week. And we'll see what the rest of that list has to show. But basically he's saying, look, shrinkflation is setting in. We've talked about it for years. We know this is happening. But Darren, potatoes are mostly air in the bag. Well, Jeremy, listen. It was, it was 60 grams of air. Two more, two more uh, examples <laughs> of that. This week of all weeks, yeah. I decided, and another reason why, folks, I'm so adamant about owning gold and silver, why in this day and age, these warning signs are being flashed everywhere, but because we drink the Kool-Aid, we buy into the headlines, we don't pay attention, we go about our ways, or maybe it's a macro concept that's just too big, it's over our heads, it's not for us, we're not going to bother with it. But I, this week, decided my little guy likes chocolate milk. Okay. So don't get it too often, but when I do, I like to buy it in bulk. So this week I bought it, you know, in bags. Comes in the same type of bag as our regular milk. We drink a lot of 1% milk at our house. Okay. Usually we get three bags, which is a total of four liters. In the same Got bag, it. the same big bag that everybody goes and gets, the chocolate milk comes too. So I take out the first bag, and of course I take a picture of this bag, and I'll show it to you now. And it's like half a bag. And I'm thinking, oh no. 
it's leaked everywhere. It's gone everywhere. Right. So my first instinct was not that that's crazy. My first instinct was I better check the bag and make sure there's no more in it. While well, I put my hand in, there's nothing there. It's dry as bone. So I pull out the second bag. And sure enough, the second bag is like between half to three quarters full. And lo and behold, that's the way it comes. And that's how crazy it's become in the fight to keep your dollar, folks, and to keep you mentally focused on something while the back end of the reality is that it changes or that they alter it. Your purchasing power is decreasing before your eyes through the threat of inflation. It's happening every day. And now everything I pick up, including just this morning, we're taping this show on a Thursday. I'll show you this picture too, and I'll post it to a blog okay. to show the folks uh, that are listening. I took a picture. My wife, I like the Blue Jays, got a Tic Tac pack. It's 200 Tic Tacs in a container only because it had a Blue Jays logo on it. I open up this container of Tic Tacs and it's literally, tell me why it only is three quarters full. It's not the argument like the bag of chips where we got to put lots of air in there. Oh, because it's got a different logo on it? I bought it because it has the J's logo on it. My wife got it for me. Sucker. Just thing is like the J's, right? Sucker. So yes, I open it up and this thing's three quarters full. I take a picture. There's all this white wall around the top and there's no Tic Tacs. I'm like, why are they wasting all of this time? And literally people are going to work every day, busting their butts, having to pay these carbon taxes and everything. And it, it adds up to nothing because we're getting bamboozled with all this packaging. This is shrinkflation. This relates to that concept of the mentality of whether or not we should be buying assets like so, gold and silver. So I think one eight seven seven eight silver, by the way, before we keep going. I think guildhallwealth.com. <laughs> I think the thing that you're basically saying is that if you think about tic tacs as your own money, that you've got less of it to go to freshen your breath. So Whoa, bam. <laughs> so you basically you're just saying is that every year as as you look at inflation or you look at your cost for insurance, you look at your cost for gas, you look at your cost for uh, hydro, um, you know, tuitions, um, all of these type of things, they start to add up and you realize, okay, wait a minute, I'm, my money's not going as far. I have less tic tacs in the, in the package. And so how do you deal with that? You have to somehow find an inflation rebate. And that's why we think gold and silver are good to have. But one of the things we were talking about, Darren, is getting back to the subject, which was, should be people be waiting for the dip in the market? What dip? So, well, for example, we'll be talking to people and they'll say, well, should I wait? You know, silver's trading at, let's say, 1640. Should I wait for the price to come down to $15, perhaps, uh, before I get involved in the market, um, rather than getting in right now? In other words, should we be waiting for the bargain? Well, listen, maybe we could wait till the oranges grow a little bit bigger and we'll get a slight drip more of orange juice. Or they could freeze because the weather changed and we get nothing. That's the same thing in gold and silver. If we keep waiting and the mentality is to say to ourselves, I will keep waiting, then we should be, if we're committed to owning gold and silver, putting our money where our mouth is. And I'm not afraid to say it. On air, Jeremy, I will tell anybody who's listening, if you come to me and you were to call me up and say, Darren, I've been listening to this show, I've been thinking about buying gold and silver, well, the first thing I'm going to say is, congratulations, you're in the right place, we're going to help you out. Then you define for me what it is you want to own, and you tell me you want silver. And then you say, I think I'd like the 100-ounce bars. Okay, you've defined a lot for me. You tell me a little bit about yourself, and now I know everything there is to know Get you set up. And then all of a sudden you say to me, Darren, I'm going to put $10,000 in the market. That's great. Now we got a budget. We know the product, 
We know exactly when we're what we're going to do. And then you say to me, well, I'm going to open up the account, but uh, we're not going to buy yet. I mean, what are you not going to buy? Well, I think the price of silver might come off. And the first thing I say to a person is, Define coming off. Define what it is you believe that would present value to How you. How long is a piece downsides. of string? Exactly. Because what I see as value would be the threat of $16 silver becoming $8 silver. We can make an argument that that's going to happen. You've got my support for holding off and not owning this asset at this price. Otherwise, if you tell me you're hoping 16 becomes 1570 you're not looking at the big picture. And as you just said, Jeremy, how many times in this market since 2002 has an, a client told us at $16 or relative to where the market was at the time that they wanted to hold on only to wake up the next day and again convince themselves not to invest because the price has gone much it's, higher now? It's a tough it's a tough situation for an investor uh, in, those, in those scenarios. And we don't see a lot of them at Guildhall. Usually people who are acquiring metals, they, they know why they're buying it and mm-hmm. they're comfortable with the price. You know, usually if if price is an issue, it, it, it tends to be because we're not completely convinced if it's the right if it's the right move, right? That's why you don't necessarily buy that car. But if you love the car emotionally, you're gonna you're gonna buy it. So I think in those situations, um, you know, I think that's something that we saw in Bitcoin as well. People didn't buy it at 500 or 700. They kind of waited and saw. And we talked about this in the first segment that seeing is believing sometimes. And so what we want to do is try to try to encourage people to do the research and not wait for that momentum play, but understand exactly why you're buying it because that's going to that's gonna make you more profitable, in our opinion, down the road. And that's certainly what I've seen from our, from our investors over the last um, 10 plus years at Guildhall. But, you know, for someone waiting for the dip, um, what we've seen is, you know, if you don't have insurance, you can't wait for your insurance policy to get cheaper because... If the house catches on fire, you're you're out of luck. You don't have insurance. So the first thing I would say for someone who was waiting for the, for a dip is if you don't own it, then you can't be in a Jim Rogers position where you're waiting for some massive drop in the market. He can wait because he owns tons of gold. So he doesn't care if it goes up or down. If it goes down, he'll buy more. So that's a, a scenario to consider. The other thing is, is why, am, why, for instance, am I waiting for the price to drop a dollar when I'm looking at this market to go up to 25, 50? You know, we had Keith, Keith Newmeyer, he was calling for triple digit silver. You know, you want to talk about a bottom base in this market. You know, we should have asked him about what's your cost to pull it out of the ground, but we've heard from his other interviews that we're pretty much there right now. So, you know, you can't sit there and say, well, you know, the price of silver is going to drop to $2, which is, you know, $14 below the cost of of pulling it out of the ground. Um, Those are things you have to consider. And this is not vaporware. It's an actual physical commodity. So we call that pennies to the down, dollars to the up in terms of waiting for a very, very tiny move to take advantage on the downside to to potentially make that money down the road it's a tough call but ultimately you know the idea is to learn more about the market understand why you're buying it and also think about the, the hedges why why own it in the first place 18778 silver guildhallwealth.com is the website Jeremy, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk more about this topic, uh, mentality of buying, the psychological differences in the way people approach 
owning certain assets, how easy it is for people to buy some, while how much scrutiny goes towards buying others, which should be vice versa. This is the contrarian mindset, folks, and this is why we like gold and silver. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that. LIBOR, we have Jeff Berwick, Dollar Vigilante, coming up in the next couple of weeks here on the show. And there is, on May 5th, going to be a seminar, folks. For you to get into this seminar, it's very important. We're going to be presenting some very new and pertinent information on colored diamonds. It's something that I want everybody to have in their back pocket to understand why buying now ahead of this huge boom in pricing, especially in the pink diamonds. Why buying now? It makes such sense. And we'll talk about gold and silver there as well. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with a lot more. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the third segment of The Real Money Show. We are glad to have you aboard, and we're happy you're listening. Jeremy, there's been a lot that has come over this week's news headlines about the marketplace, a ton of volatility in the market right now. In one day, we saw the U.S. Uh, Dow 30 indice drop as much as almost 900 points and recover within the same span of trading day, probably two, three hours to close in positive range of around 100 points. Now, if that isn't uncertainty about what the near term holds when you see swings that big, these are billions and billions of dollars being traded. I don't know what else to say. That alone is enough reason to be adding the assets we're talking about today, which is physical gold and silver. In that last segment, Jeremy, we talked about people's buying mentality. Let's go a little bit further into that for a few seconds before we switch gears into colored diamonds. And folks, if you're talking about owning gold and silver, we'd be remiss if on that last subject, we didn't talk about allocated financing. Here's an option where you have the right, but not the obligation to use other people's money as a way to, in some cases, protect your own money. Or if you're the type of investor who has deeper pockets, wants to increase risk, you can add a lot more for your dollar. Now, in this example, thousand ounces, Jeremy, I want to tell people this is a way that if they're uncertain about where the price is, we could use an allocated financing account to put in what is called a stop buy, which essentially means that if you want a market order filled and you have a particular price range that you'd like to see it filled in, we can set you up with that type of purchase. I won't go on at length about the inner workings of the account. Call us because this is the ability to get an account open thousand ounces of silver and the outlay for that, Jeremy, believe it or not, and you know, this is just over $10,000 Canadian right now. That's half the cost of what it would be to buy 10, 100 ounce bars. They are tangible. They are yours. They're in your name with serial numbers, and you can visit them whenever you like. Take photos, pick it up, hold it in your hands, real tangible wealth. You can do the same with gold also, or you could have a combination of the two in one account. But this is a way we could, in silver as an example, look at the price today and work with somebody very closely who's uncertain about whether or not that market is right for them based solely on the fact that they believe the price might go a little bit lower. Okay, here's the challenge if you're listening. If you think the price of silver might go below where it is right now, and it could be 10 cents, 20 cents, a dollar. If you're ready to buy, Come into Guildhall, give us a call. We will set up this type of account for you. 
You'll have complete control of this account, be able to buy and sell by phone call, have total liquidity, be able to trade in all worldwide markets, 24 hours a day from Sunday night to Friday night. And you can use the stop buy feature to put an order in at market price for the range that you're happy buying at. This is one way we can combat this fear of buying and not knowing whether the market's going to go much higher. This is a great option. It is a great option. And, you know, look, I, I you know, I talked about it <clears throat> on the show just in the last segment that when I started buying gold over 10 years ago, it, it, it was almost uh, uncanny how every single time I bought gold, the price went down. But ultimately, in the fullness of time, the price did go higher. Uh, it would come back and it would overcome the cost of doing business and continue higher from there. So, you know, at the end of the day, the fact is, is what I'm more happy about is that I did get into the market. And so what I found for myself, one of the ways that I've gotten over that is, you know, waiting for a drop in the market, in my opinion, is oftentimes we, we just want to be right. You know, we want to be the smartest person in the room. We want to be the people who bought at the perfect time and then the market only went in one direction. Um, and there's sort of a, a need to not be in the market any longer than you need to be, which, of course, in precious metals, you want to be in long term. If you want that real inflation rebate and you want to protect your wealth, then it's something that, in my opinion, I think you do need to have the precious metal long term. Now, some people can catch it perfectly. Let's be honest, most people don't. What I've noticed a way to get over those um, anxieties of, of not buying at the perfect time is a buying on a regular basis. I've, known, I've found that by buying on a regular basis, I, I stop really caring about specifically what price I bought this month or every other month. And it becomes more about the accumulation process itself. Did I pick up my 200 ounces or did I pick up 20 ounces of silver? It doesn't really matter. If I buy on a regular basis, I tend to not worry so much about the fluctuations. Another way that I've I've dealt with it in the past and I've seen other clients deal with it in the past is to split the difference, which is you put half in at, at the current price and then you hold back some some money in case the price does come down, in which case you have some product in the market and if it goes up, you're, you're doing well. And if it goes down, you can cost average and fulfill that need of buying on a dip and those sorts of things. And again, that's something I've done in the past and I've seen others do it. It's not advice per se. It's what would work best for you. But these are just some ideas of how people have overcome that psychological fear of not making a mistake in the market and buying at a dip. And another thing to consider as well, in, in my opinion, is to just look at the range. Are we trading at $50 or are we trading sub $20? And just to put that type of perspective into play of anything under $20 an ounce US is is a bargain. Jeremy. It's, it's sort of like going for gas and, and saying, well, anything under $1.30 feels, feels cheap. Silver is... In everything we touch, you alluded to the fact that we were opining with uh, Keith Newmar just a couple of weeks ago about the legitimacy of where we're at and where the market might be and what his company, First Majestic, has done. And the truth of the matter is, when you look at silver, it is an everyday asset. The beautiful thing about owning an asset like an everyday silver bar or coin or whatever you buy is that... You can look forward into the economic future and you can see a time in which if the economy recovers, guess what silver does? It goes higher. 
if their economy shrinks, crashes, goes boom, falls down, guess what the price of silver is likely to do? Go higher. Now, it will impact how high it goes based on the fundamentals of the time, and silver might only go to $30 an ounce, might go to $100 an ounce. And certainly there are some characteristics within each argument which will peg the price of silver much higher than others. But when we're looking at what the economy does as a whole, one thing that I think right now is getting well overlooked, Jeremy, is the connection that the worldwide debt has to certain factors that we discuss on an everyday basis. One of the things that I would love for our listeners to know more about and understand are LIBOR rates. LIBOR rates have been around for a long time. Some of you might have heard of LIBOR scandal in which rates were being fixed, in which people were prosecuted, in which people were found guilty of this. This does happen. As in every market, there is some manipulation. Others of you may have never heard of LIBOR rates. Well, Jeremy, we were talking just before the show, and there is a pretty interesting article out this week about LIBOR. Yeah. First, what is LIBOR? It's the London Interbank Offered Rate. And just so that everyone has a a good understanding, you don't really have to go much further than to know that over $200 trillion in loans and derivatives are based off of that rate. Now, the rate has gone up from uh, basically uh, summertime of 2017 to today. So we're talking, you know, eight months. It's gone from 1.31% to 2.3%. So basically it's increased uh, a full percent and you have to start thinking about 200 trillion and what 1% does to that in terms of loans. One thing it certainly does is it makes people think twice about borrowing money as rates start to increase. And that can definitely be one of the reasons that you're seeing the stock market volatility and in the fact that people are are less likely to borrow on margin knowing that the rates are going up and less willing to take those risks, just like we were talking about New York real estate. People are less willing to take those risks to buy and spend and spend and spend um, on the hope that the market's going to keep going up, up, up. Well, things can't just keep going up forever, and people should be considering ways to look for value. And a stock market that's the highest value it's ever been in history is probably not the best place to find value, in in my opinion. I, I'm staying away from it. But there are places to find value. And don't forget, one of the reasons why people are looking for, for uh, yield is that interest rates were so damn low that you had no choice but to try to find something that's going to beat inflation. And by the inflation, we're saying something over 5% a year, because if you think that your expenses for your rent and your car and your gas and your insurance and your tuitions and you know how many things have we discussed, your insurance bills, all of these things are rising. And in And when I talk to people and I ask, are they rising at the government suggested 2% or do you think they're higher, more like 5%? Everyone says it's it's more like 5%. So if you have a GIC as an example, no offense to GICs, uh, very, very safe, uh, conservative investment. But if you're getting 3%, you're not beating inflation and then you're going to pay the capital gains on that 3% that you got, that you, that you gained. There's got to be some better solutions here. And You don't have to be a PhD to hold a tangible asset in your portfolio. You know, we're we're a tangible asset firm, Darren. And when 
over the years, by being involved in tangible assets, whether it's gold and silver, whether it's a natural fancy colored diamond, as you well know, my wife is in is in the high-end gallery business, and even art. These are things that have gone up. There are alternatives to stocks and having an advisor tell you what stock to buy that you have no idea what the balance sheet looks like. And what we're trying to tell people is, if you've been listening to the show, if you listen, if you get the newsletter on a weekly basis, if you even understand that LIBOR base uh, is the rate that $200 trillion in loans are based off of, and the rate is rising rapidly, which by the way, in 2008, it went up very, very quickly, then you start to say, oh my gosh, I need to start protecting myself right now. And by... It, in my opinion, just having 10, 15% in your portfolio of precious metals has been an incredible hedge over the last 15, 20 years. And in fact, if you even went back to when Nixon lifted the gold standard, when it was trading at a measly $35 an ounce, and gold today is trading at over 1300 and silver is trading at over $16, it's definitely done its job. one silver guildhallwealth.com. You are listening and will hopefully continue to listen to The Real Money Show. As we go to break here in the third segment, we're going to come back and we're going to tie things all together, give you a summary of sorts, tell you about what's coming up, an exciting, exciting uh, Jeff Berwick interview that we've got planned over the next couple of weeks and a seminar, folks, that is coming up May the 5th. This is going to be posted to our site very shortly. Please check in often. We're going to be holding this seminar on both the metals and colored diamond side. There'll be diamonds there to see. Bring a few friends with you. Let's fill this room, get this event going. Stay tuned for that as well. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. one silver guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. All things gold and silver there. And also natural fancy colored diamonds. Jeremy, this is an exciting kind of quarter that we're in this second quarter of 2018 because we're slowly approaching the first weekend of June, which is a very big diamond show that we go to every year. Everybody always goes, and it is one of those shows that kind of gets or gives a sense or impression of where we stand in the colored diamond industry right now. And if you're listening to this show and your first instinct, and I'll talk to those who don't own colored diamonds yet, your first instinct is, I don't know anything about those, and they sound very much like white diamonds, or I don't get that, or it's something I don't understand. I'm going to tell you to stop for a second. I'm going to tell you to stop taking anything that we're hearing, that we're talking about or saying on this show, and go do your own due diligence. This is an untapped, incredible market, a place where you can put your hard-earned dollars to work. It is a long-term market. Those dollars can be left working for you for 5, 10, 15, 20 years or more. You can plan an estate around owning a single natural fancy colored diamond and rest assured you can meet milestones owning colored diamonds. Whether it is planning for a children's education, you might want to consider 18 years from now, 19 years from now, you're about to have a child, a colored diamond. Whether it's planning for that retirement home or that trip around the world, or whether you're thinking about giving the kids a good start when they finish their education, whether it's that midlife crisis you want to have 
We're all entitled to put our hard-earned dollars to work how we see fit. And the natural fancy-colored diamond industry right now is an untapped, unknown resource for investors around the world. And it's not going to be like that for very much longer, especially, Jeremy, when it comes to pink diamonds. Look, the the absolutely on on colored di- on pink diamonds for sure. We know that the Argyle diamond mine is going to be closing in in a couple of years, which means ninety percent of the world's pinks are going to stop coming to market. And it's it's an interesting thing because ultimately there's no colored diamond mine in the world. The the di- the pink diamonds coming out of the Argyle are one tenth of one percent of the entire production. But the idea of colored diamonds. <clears throat> is that they're just such an incredibly rare commodity that it's tough to understand that out of that Argyle mine every year, less than a teaspoon of of pink diamonds would be investment-grade pink diamonds. And having an asset like that long-term has been an incredible investment, hands down. And we're going to go to the, the JCK show, of course. But if it's anything like it was last year, one thing that we've noticed in the industry is quality investment grade color diamonds. And what I mean by that is a, a pink diamond, for instance, that has good clarity, um, that is, let's say, under half a carat. Because if it's over a carat, it, it you don't have to worry about the clarity as much uh, because you've got a very large pinks. Pinks happen to be a, 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 a color in diamonds that the diamonds are naturally much smaller. So to get a bigger diamond, you can sort of, you can break your rules on clarity. You can weight clarity. the four C's differently, right? Exactly. It's right. sort of like if I get a red diamond and it's an SI, it doesn't really matter that it's slightly included. It's a freaking red diamond, it's, man. It's a red diamond. Um, now we've got a pink diamond on our site that's just under a quarter carat. It's 0.24 it's a fancy orangey pink. Now, orangey pink, if you're thinking about, well, what is an orangey pink? It's more like those colors like grapefruit pink, coral pink. Those are those are orangey pink tones. And this diamond certainly exhibits that. It's a VS2, which is very slightly included. Um, that's a very high clarity, by the way. It's only and two it's, steps away from my F. And it's, and it's not just that it's a VS2. VS2s could be, well, where is that inclusion? Is it right smack dab in the middle? Or is it at the edges? What kind of inclusions are they? These are the things that we look at when we're looking at these colored diamonds. Not every diamond is just, oh, it's a VS2, we'll buy it. No, no, no. You do not buy these things online. You do not buy these things over the phone. You have to buy them in person and see the color, see where those inclusions are, and see if that diamond actually has fire. Because this diamond, I always say buying colored diamonds is like online dating. It could have a perfect GIA, but in person, falls dead flat. And you have to have a diamond that if it sparkles, if it's got the strength of color, not only are you going to enjoy it, but when the time comes, if the time comes that you decide you want to resell that diamond, that the next buyer and the next investor is going to see exactly what you saw. Because, you know, yes, they say beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but a gorgeous diamond is a gorgeous diamond. And uh, most people would all agree that that is a gorgeous diamond. Now, this diamond that we're talking about, just under a quarter carat, Fancy orangey pink, VS2, you're looking at just over 20,000 Canadian for that. What an unbelievable opportunity to get involved in a pink diamond. And don't forget, we've got the tax-free, we'll call it the March Madness for April for the next couple weeks. That this Up is a diamond. April 15th. That's right. That this is a diamond you can buy. We will pay the tax. You will get the diamond at a lower price. 
an incredible investment knowing that the Argyle mine's closing in a couple years. And it this is this is a great great diamond for the first time investor, I would say. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com. You can go there, see the diamond. It's right there before your eyes. But better yet, why not call the office and come in and hold on to it? Take a look at this diamond, learn a little bit about the natural fancy colored diamond market and get yourself poised to participate in a market which can only go up from here, folks. We've never seen a significant drop in colored diamond pricing since the day we opened our doors. There has been never, there's never been uh, a moment at which even when the markets blew apart in 2008 and 9, in which we looked at colored diamonds and thought, hmm, we better be careful because pinks are about to lose 40%. It's never happened. And uh, I think over the history of colored diamonds, there has been but only a handful of examples where on a single quarter within a year, you might get 1% or 2% drop in value at wholesale, meaning, hey, that particular quarter, a couple extra yellows came out of the ground, so wholesale prices were a bit cheaper. At the end where you are investing and you are making a return, for us, the number one thing that we look at in both gold, silver, and colored diamonds is what are the potential of these markets. Colored diamonds are an excellent way to transform a very small amount of money into a very large amount of money over a long period of time with very good consistency, little in the way of volatility, if any, and it allows you folks to put your head down on the pillow at night and not have to worry about where your money is and whether or not it's working for you. And in this market, there's a lot of simplicity with it, which is, number one, unlike the art market, there's less subjectivity in the natural fancy color diamond market. There's a lot less colored diamonds out there than there are different arts and uh, different types of pieces and different artists and those sorts of things. You don't have to wait for a specific artist to get hot. Um, Very different than another collector item like wine, where you have to worry about how you're going to store it perfectly and and whatnot. You know, diamonds don't care if it's a moist environment or if it's hot or if it's cool, um, you know, they store quite easily, uh, very portable wealth as well in that regard. And you were talking, Darren, about the fact that when markets get really volatile and things get very um, tenuous, that look, the fact, the reason why the color diamond market continued to rise through 2008 and nine is because that's where the really wealthy are putting their money. You know, that's where they're putting it to protect it long term. And, you know, what they're putting into color diamonds is not money that they need for liquidity. It's not money for the car payment or for the the mortgage payment. That money has been taken care of. They've budgeted that side of things. Um, they've got a lot of excess wealth, and they're looking for places to put it. You can only put so much money into the stock market. You can only put so much money here and there in different businesses or whatnot. For the regular person, if you've got your, your basics covered and you're looking for other alternative ways to invest, then definitely consider a natural fancy colored diamond as a way to increase your wealth long-term. Jeremy, we only have a few minutes left in today's show. I want to touch base just quickly on what we discussed today. We talked about drinking the Kool-Aid, and it's unfortunately what people are doing too much of. They're looking at the headlines without delving into the truth behind the stories. We talked about the LIBOR rates and how effectively... Uh, essentially all the money around the world is being touched by this LIBOR rate and what it means to us as investors. We're getting to that crucial stage where bubbles are going to burst and the front end of those bubbles bursting, it's already happening. We're seeing it. Interest rates can't go much higher, in other words, before there's a null and avoid effect. 
Right now, they have the room in the U.S. to raise interest rates here in Canada to raise interest rates and still have a positive effect on economic growth. It's not long before we're at the point because of our lending and borrowing habits and the debt around the world that we're no longer at that point. So interest rates are bound to jump up higher, folks. Get used to it. It's going to happen. But at the same time, there's not much more room for them to do this. And I would just remind um, the listeners that uh, gold's performance in Canadian dollars since uh, 2014, we had 7.9 in, in 2014, 7.5 in 2015, 5.9 in 2016, six point. Uh, 6% flat in 2017. And so far this year, we're up about 4%. So, you know, having physical gold in your portfolio has been an excellent way to hedge against inflation, an excellent way to hedge against your portfolio, which is something we discussed earlier in the show about uh, the individual who did a Mythbusters test on gold. For anyone interested in owning gold and silver, which, by the way, when these markets really start to rocket like they did in the mid-2000s, silver is going to act like gold on steroids. That's what everyone in the community is looking at because silver's such a small market in comparison. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's needed for industry. It's used for investments. Um, it can really start to rocket higher. So uh, what a great investment to have. And if you're looking to hold some physical gold and silver in your portfolio, go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. That's our e-store. You can uh, acquire the product through there or come to our office, book an appointment. We'd be happy to show you the different products and you can figure out what you're comfortable with before you make your first step. And then, of course, there's the registered accounts, Darren, where people can hold the physical metal. This is something that no one else can do where you can go to the vault and personally hold it in your hand. This is a great way to get in and to do that. Go to guildhallwealth.com or call the number one eight seven seven eight silver Pay attention over the next couple of weeks. Jeff Berwick coming up to Dollar Vigilante. May 5th seminar. Lots for you to get in to see. It all starts with that phone call to get some gold and silver today. We thank you for listening to The Real Money Show. Look forward to seeing you next week. You were tuned in with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.